Welcome to the Impactful PBL Podcast. I'm Candice, your host, a project-based learning coach and leader of the Impactful PBL Network. And you can find me at impactfulpbl.com. I'm on a mission to do good work with good people for good reasons, and I hope you are too. If you are a current or aspiring project-based educator looking for strategies and ideas to craft memorable learning experiences that empower your students to tackle challenges in their school and community through project-based learning, then you're in the right place. Join me as I share resources and tips to help you launch a PBL initiative in your classroom. Welcome to the Impact Makers community, and let's talk PBL. Hey, Impact Makers, let's explore how we can create a dynamic group culture while incorporating social and emotional learning strategies. According to CASEL, which stands for Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning, a research-based organization that focuses on social and emotional learning, they describe social-emotional learning as when people acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities to manage their emotions, to achieve personal and collective goals, to feel and show empathy for others, to establish and maintain supportive relationships and make responsible and caring decisions. So if you look at the framework that they created, they have five competencies, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. And through project-based learning, we can help students foster social and emotional learning skills, especially during group collaboration. That's why during phase eight of the Impactful PBL Roadmap Planning Guide, we focus on uniting students and building a collaborative culture. Sometimes we assume that all students enjoy collaborating and that they can effectively handle conflict and that they know how to interact with feedback. However, we as educators must teach students how to effectively contribute as a group mate. And it starts with creating a positive and supportive classroom environment. Classroom culture is multifaceted, but it is essential in fostering an environment where project-based learning can thrive. So I've seen teachers become excited about implementing their project-based learning unit, and then they launch their first unit just to discover that students struggle to engage in this form of learning. Specifically, teachers often share how students struggle with brainstorming ideas or sharing ideas, taking the initiative to work on tasks or working as a team, etc. Now, even as adults, we can recall positive and negative experiences with group collaboration, whether it was during our K-12 school career or whether it was college years or even at work. I know I've been part of some work groups that made me want to complete all the tasks myself just to avoid dealing with certain team members. Now, sometimes it was due to personality conflicts and maybe not having the proper tools to handle the situation or as adults, some of us struggle with holding others accountable because we are avoiding tough conversations with friends or someone with seniority. So we know that students also experience challenges in group work environments, and there are a variety of reasons why students may experience difficulty with engaging in group work. And it will vary and be different among each student, but there are some common actions that I hear teachers share and that I've seen with working with students. So let's explore some factors that may impact group dynamics. One, confusion. The students don't know what to do, so they do nothing. Maybe they don't understand the task or the role in the group. Perhaps students just lack clarity. Another factor could be just a low skill set. Maybe the student is asked to complete a task that they are unable to do or they don't feel comfortable doing, so they rely on their classmates to complete the work because they believe their classmate is more equipped to do the task than they are. Or sometimes, Minimum engagement is due to the lack of academic confidence. If a student feels inadequate about a topic or a subject, they may be afraid to say or do the wrong thing, afraid to share an incorrect answer, and maybe they don't want to cause the group to get negative results so they refrain from contributing. 
I've also seen this happen with students who believe another student is smarter than they are or more capable of them. For example, I was working with a group of students and I was asking questions about a film that they just viewed. And I noticed that a lot of the students were deferring to this one student in the group. Every time I would ask a question, they would look over to him. And I said, is he the only one that just saw this movie? Because I know that everyone saw the film. What are your thoughts? And a few students immediately said, well, he knows everything about dinosaurs. So I know he's going to have the answer. So they didn't even try or want to attempt to answer it because they had already made up their mind that this other student knew more than them. When we're thinking about project-based learning, maybe they're just not invested in the project. Therefore, there is no student buy-in. So student buy-in could be a challenge. This could be due to the topic or the perceived amount of work or them feeling like they have no voice and choice and that PBL is another forced assignment by the teacher. So they don't really see the purpose of the project. So when we start to think about student interactions in groups and what their complaints are, typically their complaints come around either they feel like some students aren't working as hard as them or they're having a conflict with the project itself. Maybe they have different ideas and they're struggling with coming up with a consensus of what to do next. So now let's explore eight ways that we can help foster a collaborative culture that will hopefully help students overcome their challenges or possibly negative thoughts about collaboration. We can do this by helping students to understand the project goals. Students need to understand the project goals and understand the driving question and why this project is meaningful and why they should even care about exploring this issue. We also wanna help students to monitor project milestones. Remember in phase six, you created milestones for the project and we explored how to share the milestones with students and ways to allow them to track their progress as well. And when students understand where they are in the process or where their group is along the journey, it would be easier to hold them accountable. We can also help students by celebrating academic risk-taking, praise the effort and not the outcome, but point out the connection between their effort and outcome by focusing on growth. When someone shows effort, for example, attempting to answer questions, whether right or wrong, acknowledge it and consistently encourage others to be an academic risk-taker. We can also help students to develop individual roles. Now, this will help students hold themselves accountable and each other accountable based on their roles. Think of roles that would be suitable for the type of tasks that students will need to do during their project-based learning unit. For example, I've seen teachers have a materials manager or a reporter or a timekeeper, etc. You can name these roles whatever you like, but just be sure to explain the roles, the expectations, and what success looks like in that role. Five, allow students to co-create their group agreement or contract. Model the process by creating shared norms for the entire classroom. Depending on the student's age, ask them to share what an effective group learning environment looks, sounds, and feel likes to them, and encourage them to keep that in mind as they write their group contract. Six, we want to help students with building conflict resolution skills. Give students the words or the actual language to use during a disagreement. Get students to investigate the why behind someone's actions. So an example stem could be, I've heard your point of view and I would like to share mine. Or I see your point, but I have an idea. You can have students practice utilizing various sentence stems with simple topics and challenges and then progress to deeper topics. The point is for them to be able to hear different viewpoints and be able to express theirs in a respectful manner. Allow them to role play common challenges that groups may face and how they would address them. Seven, in terms of group work, allow them to share their experience what's going well, what can be improved, and encourage them to brainstorm and implement solutions. 
when it's necessary, serve as a guide to help them overcome major challenges within their group. But it's important that students take responsibility for their actions too, and not blame every challenge on someone else. With that being said, the final idea is that this will be a great time for students to kickstart the reflection process by using their group agreements as a guide. So for example, they could use their group contract to reflect on whether or not they have been honoring their group agreements. So let's think about group placement options. Now, we know that we can have teacher choice or we can have student choice and anywhere in between. And I like to put in parentheses with teacher management when I think about student choice. So let's look at some pros and cons of each option. A pro of teacher choice is that it can minimize hurt feelings because the teacher is making all the decisions. It saves time. It allows teachers to be strategic with their grouping. It mirrors the real world since the workplace, sometimes we don't get to select our coworkers. But some cons could be that students may feel a loss of ownership. They may be unhappy with the selection. Students also lose the opportunity to practice choosing groupmates wisely because the teachers are making all the decisions for them. Now let's explore the option of having student choice with teacher management. One idea, especially for middle and high school students, is for students to create a short resume. Or in this case, they will answer a few questions sharing their skills. Like, what are they good at? What can they contribute to a group? basically why I would be a good group mate. And then students have the opportunity to reveal their peers' answers. Then students can select five people that they would like to be in a group with. And you, as a teacher, can use that information to form your groups. You can tell students that they will have at least one person on their list in their group, but you can't guarantee that every person they select will be in their group. You could have them submit their list privately so they don't feel pressured to put someone on their list because they're a friend and they don't actually want them in their group. This is a way for you as a teacher to be able to have some type of voice in group placement based on your knowledge, but it also gives students an opportunity to have input. Some pros of this option is that students have voice in the process. They learn how to choose groupmates wisely because they can look at the attributes that their peers shared. It reduces disagreements and it could possibly increase satisfaction with group placement process because you did the matchmaking process rather than just placing students in random groups. Now, some of the cons are it can be difficult without an inclusive classroom culture. Students' feelings may still be hurt because even though you tell students in advance that they may only have one or two people in their group that they chose, some students are going to still feel like they wanted to be in a particular group with all of their friends. The other thing to consider is that you would need to allow time for students to be able to share their best attributes so that other students can make a choice between how they're going to rank who they want to be in a group with. So you would still need to look at that list and be able to make the group. So that's where it may be a little more time consuming than you just choosing the groups yourself. Okay, now it's time to take action. Decide how will you build a collaborative culture in your classroom? What will you do to foster and promote healthy group relationships? Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. If you found this episode insightful, do me a favor, leave a review or share it with a teacher friend. And don't forget to join us for the next episode.